I thought we would start out with sharing our emotions with each other. Does that sound fun? Like, I'm just joking. But so when I was, uh, when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I was, I was young enough like to be babysat. So I had my cousin, her name was Tina. She was babysitting me. She also had a brother named Billy and Billy was a toddler, right? So, so she was watching myself and she was watching Billy. Tina was four years older than I was and she had Billy in the crib and he was sleeping and we were out and we were watching TV in the living room. And I remember kind of hearing some commotion and, and we went in there and Billy had been up for a while, I think, because he had had an accident, right? He had had a number two and he had his diaper off and it was everywhere. Like he was right on the walls, it was on his face, it was absolutely everywhere. So my cousin Tina, like she sees her brother, okay, with this stuff all over him. She turns around and then she walks into the living room and she sits down and she starts to cry. And I said, Tina, are you going to clean you going to clean Billy up? And she said, No, through her tears. She said, No, let's just we'll just let him play. And I was like, okay. Uh, so it seemed like forever, you know, went by. And then finally, her mom, Rita, like she shows up and uh, she looks at Tina and says, Tina, you just left him like that. And she goes, you know, I'm done, is what she said. Like, and do you ever feel like that? Like life comes at you hard or in a certain situation and you just feel like, you know what? I am so done right now. So we're going to put this first slide up and... Uh, can you relate to any of this stuff, all right? So, like, here's a marriage, you know, over here, or a relationship with two people, and it looks like that, that they are done. You have a mom over here, and it looks like the dog is eating spaghetti on the ground, and she is just kind of numb to the world, right? And then you got a guy at work. It looks like he's overworked, a guy at college. And then this one over here says, waiting on the toddler to go to bed. And it looks like that mom is just extremely tired. Can anybody relate to these pictures. Like, you know what it's like to feel, to feel done. And sometimes, you know, it happens at the wrong times. Maybe we're, we're late for work, and we're never late for work, and we get out, and we go on our way, and, and that's the day we get behind somebody that's in the fast lane. They're driving like 55, you know, and you can't get around them. Or, uh, you know, you're in a long line. Or uh, how many of you are uh, married to someone and you're just done with their attitude. Anybody have that? I mean, like, that happens as well. I know Courtney's probably done with mine. I mean, but the, the challenge is when all the disappointments, frustration, and difficulties, they layer on one another, and we're, we start thinking that we're done, you know, with that certain thing, but we also start thinking that we're done with people and that God isn't going to show up in this situation. But no matter how done you feel, God is not done with you. Uh, Elijah was a great man of God, and we're going to read in 1 Kings 19.4 how he felt. So here's a, God, or here's a guy, Elijah, that loves God. He has watched God do many great things, okay? And it reads like this, and we'll come back to this scripture later, but it says, Then he went on, he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. I think, you know, we've all felt a little bit, you can sense like some depression. and stuff. He's just there by himself, and he's just like, God, just take my life. And I, 
I don't know if we felt that bad, but I, I think we know where he's coming from. So what do we do in life when we feel like we're done? Well, we're going to look at Elijah, and we're going to look at what he did. So one is we need to remember God's victories in our life. So uh, my daughter Chesney, when she was younger, she, or ever since I can remember, she has always wanted a dog. Okay, so she would ask me when she was going to be able to get a dog, and I would always say, it's like when you can take care of the dog, you can get the dog. And she would cry, you know. So sometimes we would be driving in the van, in the minivan, and like I would look back, and she, out of nowhere, would be crying. And I would say, Chesney, what's wrong? And she would say, I'm never going to get a dog. And I'd say, Chesney, like, you're going to get a dog, you know, when you, when you grow up. And she'd say, liar. And I would say, no, you, you are, you're going to get a dog. And she'd say, how many years? And I said, I don't know, maybe three, four. And she goes, that's forever. Like she was just so, I guess when you're four, four years is kind of, you know, forever. I mean, because that's how much you've lived. I mean, but, but she was so like tore up about this. She talked about it all the time. She'd be on Pet Finder all the time trying to get us to get a dog. And we just didn't want to do it because we were taking care of her and Paisley and Trace. You know, and when you're taking care of little kids, it's hard to take care of something else. So finally, last year, the day came and she had saved her money. All right. And, and we found she even had a birthday party where the people that attended it could pick the name of this dog. They had to vote on the name. So, so finally, we go and we pick up a dog, and it's a husky, all right? So that day had came. Here's a picture of it. So this is her on that day. She is happy, you know, and, and, and then she made, the, she made this out of clay, this thing next to it. That's her dog's name, Ace, and she made this out of clay. It's uh, Ace, like a smaller Ace, a statue of Ace. And Ace is kind of like an outside dog, but we keep this inside. And uh, she does that so she can remember this victory in her life. She thought this day was never going to come where she would cry forever, but finally, here it is, and she's happy, and now she wants another dog. You know, but, <laughs> but she's happy, and she, she loves this dog. She takes care of him. She does everything she's supposed to. Here's a picture of my youth pastor when I was, uh, when I was a teenager. Okay? His name's Anthony Moore. Uh, and Anthony, I'd love. I have this picture at my office. A lot of people ask who this is because he's, from, or he's actually from Bedford, Indiana. Nobody knows who he is. But, but when I was a teenager, like, there's no reason I should be here doing like, what I'm doing now or be in church. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up with parents that went to church. The only reason I'm here is because of God and that God led me to Anthony and Anthony led me to God. Anthony has been there for me in the lowest parts of my life and he has done so much for me and he has just been awesome. So, I can look at that and I can say, and I can remember victories that God has given me in my life. And I think we need some things that remind us of the victories in our life. Amen? We need some things in the valley that remind us of all God has done for us on the mountain. And I think too often, like we are to forget, or we forget what God has done for us. And when we come along some struggles, are we feel done 
we need to look back on those things and say, my God has led me through these things before. He has been with me in these tough situations, and God is going to be with me again. We need to look and remember the victories. And in here, we're going to read. So we read Scripture, and we see Elijah, and he's kind of down. God, just take me. Take me now. Okay, two days before that on Mount Carmel, he had a huge God victory, okay? So we're going to read through that. It actually starts in 1 Kings 18, and it starts in verse 16, but we're going to skip down to 1 Kings 18, 21. It says, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal is God, follow him. So, What happens is 450 prophets of Baal assemble, and Elijah challenges them to see who's God. So the 450 prophets of Baal, they build an altar, okay? And Elijah, he builds an altar. And he said, let's pray to our God, and the God that sends fire down and burns up the altar, that would be the real God. So they take that challenge, and that is what they do. So in 1 Kings 18.26, it says this, Then they called on the name of Baal, these are the 450 prophets, from morning till noon, Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response, no one answered, and they danced around the altar that they had made. So they're calling for their God, it's not happened. They're dancing, they actually get desperate at some point, and they start cutting themselves, trying to get their God, Baal, to burn down this altar. And then, so Elijah, if you think about him in the state that he's in, okay, right before this, I mean, there's 450 guys here, like, he talks trash to them. 1 Kings 27, he says this, at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. So he said to them, shout louder, surely he is a god. Perhaps he is in deep thought or busy. Maybe he's traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So it's like he's on a basketball court and he is just letting them have it. Telling them that, you know, making fun of this person that they think is God because he is bold and he trusts in his and he knows that he's the real God. So, Baal never shows up. Elijah prays to God and God burns the altar down. All right? And then in 1 Kings 18.39 it says this, And when all the people saw it, They fell down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. He just had this victory right before he gets down. Life works like that sometimes, right? Things are going great, and then all of a sudden something hits us really, really hard. But when things are difficult and things are hard, the same God that gave you the victory is the same God that will be with you in that valley. Even when you feel lonely, he's working. When you feel defeated, he's working. When you feel forgotten, he's working. When you lose control, he's working. When you get bad news, he's working. God is working. And God is with you. Even when we feel done, he is with us. So the next thing we need to do is fight the negative whirlpool. Okay, so... 
whirlpool, if you've ever seen it, it like kind of swirls around, it kind of pulls things into it, right? And we need to fight that negative whirlpool. Um, Paisley, one of my daughters that is like, she is our like cuddle bug. She's really, really sweet, very, very gentle. Uh, she's a kid that I can't whip. You know, all I have to do is say I'm very disappointed, and she will break down and cry. You know, I mean, that's just how she is. She's always been like that, always been very sweet. One day, we're in Florida, and I'm watching Chesney and Paisley swim. They're a lot younger than they are now, and they're playing this game, and Paisley is being picked on by Chesney. Chesney won't leave her alone, and I just keep watching, and uh, Paisley's taking it, but all of a sudden, Paisley snapped, all right? And she came up out of that water, and she hit Chesney in the face like Muhammad Ali two times in a row, and it was so fast, I could not believe it. Like, and I immediately was concerned, and I also thought we need to put her in boxing. And then I went to talk to her, and I was like, Paisley, like, you, uh, you can't do that. You can't hit her. And she, she goes, I know it's bad, but I want to. All right, so then I thought, hey, we're raising like a little Apostle Paul. Like, you know, she, I know it's bad, but I want to. And here's the thing, like, when we feel done, all right, sometimes we can gravitate towards things that are not healthy and behaviors in our life, right, when we feel that way. And we know that we shouldn't. Let's look at some of the stuff that we might, like, even stuff that we might turn on, you know, Social media, uh, we look, watch the news, negative people. I mean, those are the people, definitely, when we feel done, that we want to kind of, like, get away from, right? Because they're going to make us feel more done. And here, we see that he is in the wilderness by himself. Why? So God burns that altar, all right, in front of all these people. And then you see in Kings that Jezebel, like, hears about what he is doing and makes a death threat on his life. And it scared him so much, that's when he's in 1 Kings 19.4. And we'll read that again. It says, Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors that have already died. He's being really uh, hard on himself, right? Yeah, I about fell down. Did you see that? But, so he's being really hard on himself. Uh, this is water. So it's just in a can. So, uh, so some of us are professionals on being hard on ourselves. Uh, we might think we might feel done and we might give ourselves negativity. We might think, hey, like, I'm can never be a good parent because I, you know, I was raised in a dysfunctional family and I just don't know what that looks like. We might look at our marriages and think this is never going to change. Nothing's ever going to happen. And I am just so done. Uh, We might be, you might be a college student and you look at all the work that you have before you and you might think, hey, you know, my parents, like they didn't graduate and, you know, the chances of me doing is not very good. We give our, we talk to ourselves like that. We are so hard on ourselves sometimes. And you can take all that. Maybe, maybe you were raised in a family that was dysfunctional, and now you think you're dysfunctional. Maybe you have parents, and you want to go to college, and you want to graduate. Maybe that has never happened in your family 
before. Like we can take all these situations, right, and we can make ourselves victims of those situations. Or we can do like Elijah and we can take these situations and we can use that and say, God, thank you for putting me through this boot camp because I know that you are planning to do great things in my life. So if we look at where he's at, how do we fight back? Well, one, 1 Kings 19, 5, 7 says, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate, drank, and lay down again. So the angel of the Lord like, shows, to him, shows up to him, and does the angel of the Lord give him some wisdom of words? No, like the first thing the angel of the Lord does is give him food, right? So would you say when we're done sometimes, we do sometimes some of those behaviors that we might... Uh, partake in is not really taking care of ourselves. You see here that he like, they give him food. So I'm giving you permission to eat, okay? Like after this, you can go to White Castle, Long John Silver's, wherever, but like he eats. And then he sleeps. And then he eats again. And then he sleeps again. And you see that he's, the angel of the Lord is more focused on him. He hadn't, he had not eaten two days. So, and it says, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Did you hear what the angel of the Lord said? He said, he's doing this because there's a journey that he's going to go on, and if he doesn't do it, it's going to be too much for him. So, Elijah, he thinks, like, this is it, right? I mean, he's under a tree saying, God, just take me now, I want to die. But this is only half time for him. And we might feel like that sometimes, that, that we're at our end, that it's over. But the game is still going, and you're still breathing, and God still wants to use you. And he has a journey that he wants you to go on. When I was 17, I had, when I was 17, I had some bad habits. And uh, one day, I tried to commit suicide at 17 years old. Right, and I remember they took me to the counselor and as I was talking to the counselor, I was very depressed. My mom was worried about me. I didn't tell anybody about what I was going to do until it happened. And then the counselor said, hey, listen, your life is like a book, all right? And he said, you're going to turn that chapter. And I remember thinking in my head at 17, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Like, this is it. Um, and he said, you might think that this is the end chapter, but it's only one chapter. He kept saying that. And I didn't see it back then. I was 17 years old, like, and I thought that that was it. Like, I was just done. Uh, now, you know, as I'm older, I'm 58, and I have kids, and I feel good. I mean, but, like, there's, do you see what I'm saying? There is more than the chapter that you're going through. We might be going through hard times. It might be hard right now. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but, but this is not it. God has more for you. You got, you got air in your lungs, and God still wants to use you and take you on a journey. So we fight back with rest. We fight back with uh, eating. And we can fight back with truth. I think Satan, a lot of times, like to use, he likes to use things where we just think that God's done with us. He's not going to be there for us. You know, and I, it looks like that's where Elijah is at. Philippians 1.6 said, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. 
Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and have strength of heart. Do not be afraid or shake with fear because of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will be faithful to you. He will not leave you alone. We are not on this journey by ourselves. And one thing you see that he, when he's at that tree and he's talking to God, he has left his community and he is alone, right? And when we feel done, like I feel like I like to isolate myself and I just don't like to be around people. And it's just not healthy. Like we are here for each other, to be there for each other, and to carry each other's burdens. But he leaves and he's alone. The last thing is this, we need to begin again. 1 Kings 19, 11 to 13, it says, speaking to Elijah, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. A great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. God was not in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. And I think sometimes we look for God to show up in these ways. And he showed up for Elijah in a whisper. And if he whispered, like, how many of us today could say that we can unplug and we can hear that, right? God might not show up in fire. He might not show in an earthquake, but I guarantee you that he shows up every day in the everyday things that we do. God can show up in you doing the dishes at your house. God can show up while you're rocking your child in a rocking chair. God can show up when you are alone and you are walking and you were focusing on him, God can speak to us in those ways, but we just have to look for him. We have to acknowledge his presence and know that he's there. In closing, so my Aunt Rita comes home. Tina is crying. She says, I'm done. So now my Aunt Rita, what she did not do is say, you get your butt in that bathroom and you clean that baby up right now. Tina was young. She had never experienced that before, you know, and she was pretty tore up. What she did was go with her and they, they cleaned Billy up together. I think in life, when we think we're done, a lot of times we like to tr- try to do it by ourselves, right? Sometimes we can, there's some shame there and we don't want to tell anybody about it. But I'm telling you that, like, you don't have to do that alone. Elijah was by himself, you know, and he spoke to God. You don't have to be by yourself. Like, there are people here that love you. There's a God that loves you, and you don't have to do things on your own. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're feeling like you're done. Uh, I think I'd do that maybe once a week or so, you know, where I'm like, I'm just kind of done. But uh, if you are feeling like that today, I want you to know that there will be people in the back, and they will pray with you, okay, if you want to. If you have a friend that you want to take with you, you can do that. Uh, So Ryan is going to come. He's going to, like, he's going to lead us in some worship. If you don't mind, like, if you could just stay seated and just 
close your eyes, just focus on what I said in the last few minutes. And just, you know, if you want to pray, that's cool. If you want to just pray where you're at, that's awesome. And then after a verse, like Ryan will tell you like when to get up and when to, to worship. So I'm going to pray, and then as he worships, you can just sit still, meditate, and then worship as he calls. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for this day. I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you are always with us, that you do not leave us, Father, in this journey that we take in life, that we have you. I just pray if there is anybody out there today that feels done, that feels like they're just at their end, that they can't take things no more, whether that be a mom, a dad, somebody that's lost a person in their life, Father, I just pray that you speak to them. Let them know that you're there. Let them know that you care and discomfort them. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.